Welcome to the Operate Podcast, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at company building from the perspective of the builders themselves. This is how we operate. Welcome to the Operate Podcast. I'm Kerry Ransom. Today's episode is sponsored by Hunt Club, a new category search firm that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to find you the best talent for your organization. Their technology transforms a big group of subject matter experts into this huge, powerful talent network. And they've got about 10,000 of them that will refer top talent from their network for your exciting positions. Uh, if you want more info, you can go to huntclub.com or message me and I can happy to introduce you to the great folks over there. I'm super excited to have Kelly Purdue with me today on the podcast. Kelly and I met, I think it's been over 15 years, uh, <laughs> just as he was uh, coming back to the world after uh, his time on The Apprentice. And he's been doing so many things since. Uh, we always have a fun time chatting, but he's been an entrepreneur. He's been an executive, he's been an apprentice, and for the last several years, he's been a venture capitalist. Um, he's currently managing partner of Moonshots Capital, which is an early stage venture firm primarily, although he's also doing some other uh, things with secondaries that we may talk about today as well. Um, he's been a fixture in the SoCal startup community really as long as I can remember, and that goes back almost 20 years for me. Um, but he's, he's been involved in a number of levels and really, I think, even as more of a national platform now. So we'll, we'll talk about that and his, his partner, who's uh, now in Austin, I believe. Um, Kelly's a graduate from West Point, and he got a JD MBA from UCLA. And we met through our mutual uh, UCLA network years ago. Kelly, it's great to have you on the Operate Show. Always awesome to talk to you, Kerry. Well, let's jump off. So... Moonshots, I believe, is about four years old. And yes, we, uh, yeah, yeah, we did our close on our first fund in uh, first close in October of 17, final close in October of 18. Mm -hmm. uh, now we're into fund two. Okay, so four years old. I mean, could you have picked a better first four years to be <laughs> a, a venture capitalist? Let's just start there. Yeah, so I'd, I'd always heard as the entrepreneur raising money from venture capitalists, you know, how hard it was for them to raise money, but it was, I, you know, you're always kind of self-focused a little bit. And I was like, yeah. no, it can't be harder than this. So um, when Craig and I went out to raise fund one, it was a, a humbling, brutal knife fight in the alley mm -hmm. to get to our, our 20 million for fund one raise. I actually wrote about it on our blog and in, in medium called leadership prevails. Um, but I opened kimonoed like number mm -hmm. of cold out, outbound, warm outbound email, phone call trips, Starbucks associates we went through the whole nine yards to get uh, to get that first fundraise and we thought fun two would be easier and we kind of started that off in February of 2020 <laughs> quickly mm -hmm. hit uh, hit a pandemic uh, which definitely slowed it down but um, you know not, nothing worth having comes easy usually That's so right. we've been we've been pounding away at it and grinding away at it and doing what we did as entrepreneurs. Yeah. But I mean, think about like you, I mean, I know I, I, I was aware that you had documented that. And I think a lot of people have drawn uh, probably some amount of solace from the fact that this is really, really hard. I mean, I, I've lived it myself over the last year and change with uh, the venture studio and raising capital for, for that and kind of this hybrid model. So I totally agree with you. And, and in many cases said, 
why didn't we just go start a company? That would have been so much easier to raise money for than trying yeah. to explain this whole thing. But I mean, the the returns from deploying capital over the last four years, I'm just like you, you guys are set up for, you know, some great returns. So congrats. I know you've, you've seen some early successes, but I mean, what, what, yeah, I, what has been the, for you, what's been, other than the fundraising part, what's been the real illuminating lesson so far? Well, uh, you know, I, I say about being a venture capitalist, because have, you have a lot of people who approach us, and we, when we run a, uh, like we just hired a new associate, Mark Mitchell, who's phenomenal. He also has a military background, was a Green Beret, <laughs> Goldman Sachs, PIMCO, like, you know, did some time in venture also. But we had, uh, in four days of posting the job, we had 1,019 applicants. So um, breaking into venture is not easy. Uh, And even when you get here, you're kind of like, it's a, you know, you've heard this, you know, you've heard the little tagline of get rich quick scheme. Mm -hmm. This is a maybe get rich very slowly (laughs) scheme and maybe not. You you truly don't have a good sense of how well you're going to do for four at least and closer to six usually mm-hmm. kind of six year time frame before you can understand um, and see real numbers against what you've been you know how you've been investing as things as things grow so um, I think from a, when you ask about what's what's illuminating um, it's really being becoming comfortable and having the patience to kind of nurture and grow your investments over time right and then you you learn as you go and you definitely have to take a hard look at, you know, the, the, the teams or the, or the ideas that you missed and constantly think about what caused you to miss it or not think, you know, not think it was a good opportunity. Um, and then the ones that you bet, you bet on may or, you know, they all don't work out. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so, so understanding whether it was, you know, what it, what it was in the decision-making, uh, the market, the, te- the team that you invested in that, that caused it to fail um, and, and really being, you know, real honest with yourself about how you're doing. Otherwise, you don't really, you don't learn and can't, can't be better as you, as, you, as you do it. And I've also had a phenomenal time learning from other, other GPs like, you know, the Glenn Solomons of GGV, the, you know, there are a bunch of them, Ken Seif at Blockchain Capital. There are a bunch of people that I've been on boards with um, that I've learned a lot from in terms of how to be a board member, mm-hmm. how to be a, how to be a better investor. Sure. Well, you also had the benefit of you know having been an entrepreneur, uh, been an executive. You'd been in a bunch of companies. You'd been in the seat, and you'd had board members, right? So I think we all who've had that go. Um, that one was really good. That one was really bad. You know. This, <laughs> so. You Absolutely. Sort of, yeah, you, know, you our, developed your a little bit of your own, but yeah, it, I think uh, it, a lot of this is learned by doing. Though I think you'd probably agree. Hundred percent. Our our recommendation always to the founders that we're investing in as they're building as we're building the boards is that, especially in the early stages, you know, up through Series C, you know, for sure, you want the board member, whether it's from the VC fund or the independent or whatever it is, that's got actual operating experience because. Mm-hmm. Nothing is a substitute for sweating out a payroll. Mm-hmm. How do I hire a first salesperson? Mm-hmm. I'm getting in a fight with my co-founder. Like the stuff that you, it's impossible to, 
uh, understand and have empathy for unless you, like you just said, been in the seat. So uh, it is definitely helpful to be longer in the tooth and a little older yes. um, for, for a lot, for a lot of the, a lot of the board activity for sure. Yes, I, I agree. And yeah, it, it, I mean, I think you, you summed it up. So you mentioned your new associate um, had a military background, um, just to make sure everyone understands, you know, you have that, I said, your, your partner does, if I recall, and that's actually been a big part of your investing thesis yes as well so share that kind of military veteran yeah you know your experience and, and how that's influencing you know how you yeah. how uh, you're doing things because i think it's really craig, cool absolutely yeah so craig cummings is my is my founding gp and he's based out of austin mm-hmm. um and spent he spent a lot of time during his career in the military in dc uh, and he, he and i both graduated from west point served active duty he served a lot longer than i did um bronze star military intelligence helped stand up cyber command in in, in the army um and just has a phenomenal network there um and there are a bunch of neat things that that does for us but so he like you said i've been around a while so we were doing old school angel investing which was like oh carrie i really like your business mm-hmm. I, I you know i like you i, I want to help I, I i do write angel checks i'll write you a twenty-five thousand dollar check yep. i'll get nine buddies to get me their 25,000 checks, mm-hmm. your sight unseen to them, right? And so we've got 250,000 from me, got 250,000 from friends and family, got half a million. Let's start on the path. I'll roll up my sleeves and help you. Up, mm-hmm. oh, we need a bridge. Up, oh, how do we get to the next level? And so on and so forth, yep. right? And do, and do a bridge. And he was one of my nine other yep. phone calls for 25. Yep. And I was one of his when he was in DC mm-hmm. as he was doing it while mm-hmm. we were also operating as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And after you know many years of that, literally for me ten, for Craig four or five, um, Naval at AngelList got a no action letter from the SEC for his business model, which was mm-hmm. a lead angel could basically be a broker dealer, mm-hmm. right? With without a broker dealer license, meaning you could yep. get a whole bunch of people together, raise money, put it in, and get paid for that service. And in the in the way that they're you're allowed to get paid that way is through carry, right? Mm-hmm. So you take carry on all these other angels that are relying on your expertise, your network, your allocation, all that stuff. So we decided to start running syndicates, as you described. We did that from 2014 until 2017, when we decided to raise a committed fund for, for a bunch of reasons. But now, were you doing that on AngelList or were you guys doing just- We, did, we did two or three of the first ones on AngelList. And then we just took the paper and did it yeah. ourselves. So yeah. we run it ourselves off of AngelList. I think, I don't know what I've got now, like five or 6,000 followers on AngelList and a whole bunch mm-hmm. of people who invest behind us, but we, we do it off of AngelList. Mm-hmm. It was, at least at the beginning, it was kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little clunky as they were getting stuff figured out. Uh, and it was also almost too slow for what we needed to get done mm-hmm. um, because you have to move really fast to get into deals and make stuff happen. But they've gotten a lot better and I haven't, sure. I can't comment on it in the last Yeah. Well, you also have other companies that have come up to help do this too, right? I mean, I think exactly. Carta's, Carta's getting into that. You got a sure. Yeah. There's so, yeah. so it's, so, become, I mean, the blend is getting really interesting. Too, it sure is. I mean, I want to talk about crowdfunding because I think that's a logical place to go as well, yeah. but, but keep, keep going yeah, with yeah. So the, the military. So our, yeah. so our, um, we were at about 75 investments as angels and syndicates when we decided to raise a committed fund. And in order to raise money from institutions, uh, you need to be explicit and specific about 
your investment criteria and thesis mm -hmm. so that they can appropriately diversify their portfolio. Yeah. Put you in their bucket, right? That, yeah, that, they yeah. need to think about you some way, figure out what you are, call you what something. What box do you go in? That's right. Yeah, whether it's stage, geography, mm -hmm. sector, whatever it might be. And, and so we, Craig and I looked at these 75 deals that we'd invested in over the years, me like over 13 and Craig over seven or eight at the time. And we said, okay, what factor are we able to control for at the time of investment that results in a positive outcome, positive, you know, you know, an exit of some sort or return, return on capital. And the only factor we could come up with that we could control for was the quality of the leadership. As, and we have definition for the quality of that leadership. Mm -hmm. But the reason that was important to us and resonated with us is we thought, okay, where, you know, the only place in the world that hundreds of millions of dollars is spent training people in leadership per se, literally, is in the military. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We have a pretty extensive network there that allows for, hey, I got a Navy SEAL recommended in as this founder. I can talk to his former command commander or an Air Force, whatever it is. They can also talk through their military chains about getting background on Craig and I, mm -hmm. and you kind of figure out, do you want these people in your foxhole with you or not? Sure. Yeah. So now well, when we the meet- quality control of that program, right? Big I mean, time. you know, you went through it, you know. Yeah. Big time. So yeah, it's time tested for sure. And and we're not exclusive sure. um, to military veteran because there, there are a lot of proxies. I mean, a second or third time entrepreneur is battle hardened mm -hmm. <laughs> the entrepreneurial cycle. And that develops a lot of leadership sure. too. So- um, so we said, okay, how do we think about this? What do we do? And so our first criteria is, you know, is it a professional leader? You know, are, are they coachable? Um, is there a level of integrity? Are they, you know, are they excellent planners? Like we, you walk through and I actually, like I published a book after, after the show on applying military leadership principles to business. Mm. And those, leader, those leadership principles are kind of how we do an evaluation on the front end. Um, but now, now, you know, Techstars New York has 15 companies in this cohort. Mm -hmm. You and I right now could whiteboard and get 90% accuracy, right? There's an AR, there's an IOT, there's probably three healthcare ones now with mm -hmm. the pandemic that's going on. There, yep. you know, and we'd, we'd be about right. There's a logistics and supply chain, there's a two sure. FinTech and we'd be about right. And yep. guess what? There are literally hundreds of VCs it focused exclusively on servicing that each of those sectors. Mm -hmm. But one of those companies has a former, you know, Navy SEAL on it. Sure. And when the cohort's sitting there working through it, they're like, oh, Navy SEAL, you got to talk to Kelly and Craig at Moonshots Capital. So we get significant deal flow that's stage correct from that standpoint. Um, and then we've got now 90 plus entrepreneurs we've backed who also send us a lot of deal flow. Mm -hmm. And then we do the normal show up we're in the ecosystems and we're actively investing. Now from, uh, from like where you want to play, just so people know, do you typically want to lead as, as oh, someone yeah. back in leaders? Do you guys yeah. typically want to so for, for instance, round for, or, or do you like yeah. co-investor? Yeah. So for fun, for fun one, uh, we invested in 14 companies and we let, we led 11 of the investments mm -hmm. of the 14 mm -hmm. and we Peter wants to lead. Part, it was part of the, um, you know, part of the thesis, of course, mm -hmm. but also another reason to have a committed fund because we were investing 
checks of 600 to 700 on average K up to 3 million. Mm -hmm. So it was as if we were operating like a VC, you know, an early stage VC anyway. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't the issue. The issue was great deal. Awesome deal. I do want to provide terms. I do want a board seat because I've want to help the entrepreneur not bump their head on all the things I bumped my head on mm -hmm. um, entrepreneuring. Um, and we think that's, you know, a significant amount of the value add. So it's that first layer is a focus on leadership. Second is on company building. Craig and I have, you know, 15 operating roles under our belts mm. and a bunch of different sector experiences. Um, and then, you know, you know, however we can uh, help. And I think that DNA of having been an entrepreneur multiple times um, combined with the military background and the kind of DNA of service um, comes through authentically, not only to military veteran founders, but to other founders um, and also to our, our co-investors where, you know, we're, we're working with them with not sharp elbows, but providing a significant amount of value. So we are, you know, invited into deals. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I, the way I, th I think about it sometimes is I, you know, I, because it's like you've been in their shoes like I, I think I often feel like I anticipate things that maybe they don't yet. And that's, and, and in my For mind, sure. they, they should probably want that, right? The yeah. right founders want that. They go, look, you're, you're out there like talking, thinking about doing some things to learn, to, to try to be helpful. Like I'll take that all day long. And yeah. I think that often just, they don't get that. It's, it's interesting line to walk because you want kind of, audacious, aggressive, disruptive personalities, mm -hmm. right? For a lot of what, you know, a founder is. Um, but you also want coachability, right? I don't, I don't want to tell you everything to do because now I'm running the company and that I stopped doing that. Ah, don't, you know, don't pull me back in. I don't, I don't want to be yep. doing that, yep. but I, I need to know that you heard what I said about my advice. You have to make the decision on your own. Of course I am. I will say, I told you so later. <laughs> when you don't listen to me and it happens, yeah. but that only happens a couple of times at the beginning yeah. and then, and then it gets inculcated, but it's, it's definitely coachability is a, a critical success factor for most, uh, for most founders. And then, you know, getting the right board and or advisors around you so that you're trust, you know, you're trusting and, you know, they're, they're somewhat also looking out for your best interest. And I think, yeah. I think Craig and I, my, my partner and I both, because we that we have that founder DNA, our, um, you know, up to our fiduciary responsibility to our LPs and to mm -hmm. as a board member for mm -hmm. protecting that you know what you know whatever sure. series we came in at, um, we kind of got the founders back. Yeah, right. Like it's it, our client is founders, mm -hmm. and that's who we want we want to take care of and. I even say that to the LPs who invest in this, but they, they, I think they get they, they get it overall that this is a very long game. Um, plus, Craig and I are at at our heart at you know in our in our fiber you know pulling for the entrepreneur. I, sure. I I mean, for me, entrepreneurism is what made this country great. It's the lifeblood of the country. Um, it's what I love. I love helping them succeed and hit their goals, and that's what we do. And we need more of them. I mean, the the numbers are actually really bad. The last 40 plus years, it's been on a decline here, which there's, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, yeah. but they need support systems like we provide to, to give some of them a sense of confidence.
confidence, right? I mean, yep. in, in, in many cases, that's what I feel like I sell is I'm, I'm selling confidence, right? Because <laughs> I, love, I love it. That's yeah. what you need, right? I mean, yeah. you're, you're, it's lonely. You're so lonely. Yeah, so lonely. Yep. So just yeah. that idea, like you, the the fact that they feel like you've got their back is huge. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So we were talking a little bit about the syndicates, but you know, I mentioned yeah. crowdfunding. I'd love to get your perspective on crowdfunding because it's been somewhat sitting in this, oh, it's adverse selection. There's, you know, only the, the you know, the bad companies go that route. <laughs> I see it changing really quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's a, um, you've probably seen, you know, uh, Arlen is raising for backstage capital on yeah. a crowdfund yeah. and doing well right now. I mean, there, I just think it's a fascinating topic, but I'd love your perspective on, on it I mean, as you look at, you know, does, do you want to invest alongside that in one of your companies? How do you think right. about it, even discussing it with the founder? I, I am open to kind of all, there is, there are very good funding mechanisms for all types of companies. Mm -hmm. And frequently VC is not appropriate. Mm -hmm. And for some types of companies, I think that crowdsourced funding is fantastic, mm -hmm. right? If it's especially, you know, obviously, for like direct to consumer, yeah. not super expensive products or services that are focused on direct to consumer mm -hmm. things that, and you know, in Buffett's esteemed wisdom, like things you can know, things yeah. you actually like and want to want to you know want to have as a product or a service, mm -hmm. you're able to invest in something like that. It's mm -hmm. a phenomenal feedback loop. Um, what you don't get, I think, um, especially from a VC backable entity, is that kind of corporate governance, um, the discipline that's associated with providing a plan that somebody who understands and knows what can be wrong with or needs mm -hmm. to be fixed or changed about the plan. Mm -hmm. You don't get any of that. Um, but I think that entrepreneur by definition is scrappy, mm -hmm. right? And leadership's basic definition is the ability to motivate others to action. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to Fun, and your job is to keep fuel in the tank. That's right. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's right. Create that's a vision, primary job. That's right. Put a team around you convince, and then yep. convince others, motivate others to action. Right. And if you can get funded through that source, that's phenomenal. Like, and if it's, and if it's crowdfunded against, um, you know, it's like pre-sales, right? That's, mm. that's to me in every instance, sales cures everything. So <laughs> it, 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 it's a, it's a, key indicator that you've you're meeting a need um if you're growing it nobody can argue with you the faster you get to that point the more you're in control of your own destiny meaning you don't have to come mm -hmm. to people like me for money mm -hmm. um and i think for a micro fund right under 100 under 150 million dollar fund uh we can we can be extremely excited as everyone should be if you grow a $50 million business right. or a hundred million dollars. That's like, crazy. Wow. I mean, that is such an outlier. Yeah. That, that could happen, right? And, and every, you have legacy changing impact of wealth on your family as the entrepreneur. That's right. The early the employees all, you know, make out phenomenally. Yeah. And the, yeah. and the early stage investors do fantastic. Who the only kind of entities are like the higher in the stack mm -hmm. funds who have 400 million, 800 million, billion dollar, Yes. Hurdles before they have to return capital. So you have to be a billion dollar exit, mm -hmm. like a 
hundred million dollar exit is like, I just wasted three years help, you know, on the board helping you. And ah, that didn't work. Exactly. It, it gets kind of weird. So mm -hmm. we're, we love at our size being able to identify with, it doesn't mean that some of the early stage entrepreneurs that we invest in don't say, Hey, I'm playing long ball. I am going okay. for a billion. And these are the reasons why, and I know what I'm trading off. And, but it, it's a, it's a place that Craig and I like to play, mm -hmm. play, meaning like we yes. love to work, <laughs> but it feels like play. Yes. We love it. Yep. Yeah. I totally, totally agree with you. So um, it's, it, it's interesting as a, as a, and to your point on, there are a lot of different, funding mechanisms and it just seems like more are appearing all the time you know we're seeing more creative forms of debt showing up into earlier stage technology companies which you know i know you you spent some time uh, outside of of the tech world i did as well and you know people use debt pretty prolifically in things like real estate and other industries yeah, and absolutely it's been pretty absent from technology for most of the yeah, my my only so, caveat is, yeah. you know, like don't sign personally on debt if you can help it, mm -hmm. because it acts very differently than equity. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> Things don't go right. well. Um, right. But yeah, we we have a um, one of our one of our fund one portfolio companies um, hit profitability during COVID, you know, accelerated, and now there's you know fifty thousand, hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollar lines of credit, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, don't 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 take more dilutive capital. That's right. That's right. Um, and also there are, there's grants. So some mm -hmm. of our focus, because we have significant connectivity into DOD is what we call mm -hmm. dual use. Yep. So companies that have a, not only a commercial application, but something that could be used by DOD, amazing contracts and okay. grants. Yes. So Non-dilutive capital that helps okay. you accelerate your product roadmap. Okay. You just got to ensure you stay aligned on what yep. you are actually going to build. Yeah. Have um, you guys done some matching like Cyber Phase Two yeah, matching, absolutely. Yeah, yeah Red, those are amazing. Yes. Yeah, Red Six, I want to say, has mm, had. Yeah, it's a great company. Close to two million, but we led the seed round, and the Air Force has funded a lot of the product development because the first customer is going to be the Air Force, mm -hmm. and these are intelligent, um, a little clunky, and a little red tapey, you know, programs by the government yeah. to find you know, commercial innovations that have applications on the battlefield to help, you know, provide for our nation's defense. And, you know, Red Six is kind of our poster child for that, you know, DOD focused yeah. capability with a phenomenal leader, an amazing technology product. And they've, they've also gotten a uh, grant from Epic Games mm. because that augmented reality mm -hmm. capability that they're building is, is what's coming in the future and they want to be a part of it. So yeah, that's real dual use right there. Exactly. That's, that's super cool. So you've been around SoCal a long time. I mentioned that, you know, what, what's your perspective? I feel like we've been sleepy for a long time. People have just been kind of doing stuff, building stuff, but somewhat quietly on the, you know, national global scale. And which is somewhat odd given that we've got Hollywood right here, right? Like you think <laughs> you all these people that are great at telling stories, great at hype. And yet, there have been great entrepreneurs here for a long time, just kind of quietly, like what, how, how would you, you know, as you think about it, like, what, why is that? And I mean, I think it's changing rapidly, but um, yeah, I think what, I yeah think, what, what's your, how would you think about like the last 15 years and maybe yeah. the most recent five? I, I, I would say that um, exactly on the breakdown that you just did. So up until 
five years ago, I would say that the the hit on the SoCal you know entrepreneurial focus has been around, um, and I don't even think it's a hit. It's like a left left handed compliment. It's like your you know the entrepreneurs that I worked with and that I've seen and that I've been around in Southern California have always had the same mentality that we have for our investment. So when we invest in this in the late seed round, like the seed before you go to A to, grow, mm-hmm. to help to help grow, um, we want to we want to be leading the round with 750k to two million bucks mm-hmm. on a two and a half to four million dollar round that takes the company after we've done heavy heavy scrub on the on the projections that takes the company 18 to 24 months wherein you're hitting operational metrics that either you're either you're hitting the operational metrics that warrant another round of financing or something bad happens we didn't know there was going to be a Mm -hmm. pandemic obviously but we lost zero of our companies because of the pandemic um if something bad happens the entrepreneurs are in control of their own destiny, i.e. they could lower their costs or expenses and have enough revenue that they're not, oh my gosh, I have to raise money or we're done. And that's a business building mentality, Mm -hmm. meaning profitable business building mentality, not a, we have to own the entire market. Yeah, and of one. There's a bucket of cash right here of unlimited investment amount to to be a a one winner marketplace, whatever whatever you want to call it, right? And I think that there has been, you know, from the cornerstone on demands to the true cars to the, the people who have said, and entrepreneurs who had been thinking, I'm building a business that's a, a sustainable business on its own, where I'm not beholden to investors through five rounds of financing, eight rounds of financing. Um, you think, and I think that persists here, or do you think we're going to just get a kind of a more of a mishmash of different? Mentalities. No, I th- yeah, I, I think with the prolif- proliferation of early stage, additional early stage capital, um, a flight of phenomenal entrepreneurs from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Uh, I, I don't know generally about the, I mean, I know it's a net negative in terms of the people staying in California. Mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, there are a whole bunch of factors that are causing, sure. you know, exodus from California for people who have the ability and, you know, wherewithal to make that happen they do it you know even even entire companies right are, mm-hmm. are, are, are exiting that's a problem that needs to be solved for, for sure. long-term growth but you know I, I believe that the la ecosystem is you know poised for a massive amount of continued growth mm-hmm. and i think it's because there's more money there's more talent and then there's the second generation of the snaps mm-hmm. cornerstones True car, like they're, you know, they're all delivering out, you know, significant talent that has, like we said, understands how the process works and has, has the wherewithal to make stuff happen. So, That's right. yeah, it's been, I think the culture, the, to me, the culture change is, is the big shift of I'm seeing others do it. I can do it. Like you're just getting enough of a density now. Yeah where it's, it's not, let me go find the next job. It's no, no, it's hey, like, I got a little hey, bit of success. I, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I, I can envision how I can go do this. So I, that's yep. what's been super the, uh, and encouraging. And I think the, um, you know, accelerators, incubators, mul- multiple, multiple sectors, whether it's like, you know, on the accelerators and incubators like Mucker and Amplify mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. 
you know, SpaceX obviously is pretty massive and it, that's a, an old technology sector that's new again, yeah. obviously for a lot In of different a big reasons. way. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. Um, yeah. You, you just, you know, anywhere you look, you start to see, you know, and, and LA is so spread out and that there can be that many sectors that are affected or impacted by what's going on. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. It's a very interesting time to be here. That's right. Is that changing your investment thesis at all? Well, Craig and I are co-headquarters. I mean, yeah. Craig and so I- now you guys are covering thing. two areas. Yeah. Yeah. So Austin's been booming, yes. right? Big time coming on strong. And he's, he's ensconced there. Um, and I've been here, as you said, <laughs> since I guess there were just dinosaurs, but um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been here for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah we're just, uh, you know, continuing to raise and deploy capital into the most exceptional leaders that we can find mm -hmm. um, across a whole bunch of different sectors. And there's a lot to choose from in here in LA. There, there definitely is. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I think that's been the exciting part too. Is that, I mean, your, your number of choices, which on one hand is overwhelming, but Hey, I think in, as doing the job you do, having yeah. a lot of choices but, is a good thing. The, um, the other hit was, you know, there was some argument that the love, the, quantity of talent that was located here in terms of like hardcore engineering capabilities mm -hmm. wasn't as high but I, I think that was one inaccurate and two basically moot because of the pandemic and the acceleration of you can work from anywhere so suddenly that's not really that big of an issue I don't think it was but now it's just like it's definitely not yeah that's right and I think we have, I mean, we produce more engineers in SoCal. Yeah, that's what I meant by it was like- We just I, have to keep them. I mean, they, yeah, you know, they were, move, they were leaving. San Francisco, don't move, yeah. exactly. But now I think we have enough density, enough energy and opportunity that they'll, they'll stay. Um, there, and, there, are, there are pretty massive opportunities. Yeah. And a lot of our, you know, from a portfolio company standpoint, the cost of, headcount and running running the business based here is significantly less than up north mm -hmm. um even the even the cost of the deal right on the front end is significantly less because there's so much competitive pressure uh, up there because there's so much money sitting on the sideline trying to get invested yes agree so how you know we, we've both been at this for a long time i'm always curious how do you stay relevant innovative like what, what are you doing to, to sort of keep up because this pace of technological change and innovation is so well, fast, right? Well, so I'm always, well, I'm wanna learn yeah. from you because well, I'm trying to do the same. I don't, are you talking about how we op operationalize what we do? Or, or are just you, you personally? This, so yeah, fortunately, you. I, yeah, that's what I thought you were asking. So fortunately, Craig and I have never put ourselves out there as technology experts deep in the sector. Mm -hmm. um, we, are gen we are generalists um, and our technology network is, you know, heavily reliant upon our, you know, the military network that we have, because a lot of them are technology driven. Mm -hmm. Our entrepreneurs that we've invested in previously mm -hmm. um, is, is a big part of it. Um, but we've had, you know, for conducting due diligence, um, for, helping, for helping on the build of the company, our highest and best use work, we don't pitch that we help you build the technology products. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not where we, you know, we have other partners that we use mm -hmm. and, and a lot of what we look for in the company is that, you know, understanding of a marketplace combined with a technology differentiator, mm -hmm. 
not heavily reliant on IP, meaning you have to have pretty deep pockets to play intellectual property, you know, games. Um, so we're really about execution, right? Mm. Which comes back to the leadership. So what about operationally then? Are you seeing, I mean, obviously you just mentioned that, you know, the pandemic obviously caused this kind of work from anywhere uh, imposed on a lot of people that weren't previously doing that, thinking about doing that, or, or you know, sort of got forced upon, I mean, are you, thinking about company formation, how a company operates uh, differently now? Yeah, every, um, every investment that we've made since um, pretty much March has been the, the, the premise out of the gate is that it's a distributed team. Mm -hmm. um, one of our fastest growing companies um, that we, I, I don't remember if you and I have talked about it before, but it's called ID me. And okay. it's been, it's been in the news a lot mm -hmm. over the last few months. They are the line of defense on the fraud for the unemployment claims mm -hmm. that everybody's, you know, up in arms about, but they've identified like 30 billion in fraud since, you know, in the six months since they started unemployment claim activity around the pandemic, just in California. That means $30 billion given to organized crime in Nigeria, Russia, and China, and just full on fraud. And they've got it documented, fully can identify it. And a lot of that's not gonna hit people's plates until they get their taxes, because some states tax unemployment claims, mm -hmm. others still list it, but it's not a taxable activity, but people are gonna be like, I didn't get $20,000. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting to w watch, what they're, what, watch what they're finding out, but um, they have had to load 500 people in the last four months. Hmm. And these are customer service elements. Mm -hmm. So think about- They just need a giant pool to choose from, right? So, and, and, yeah. and, and, and be able to enable that capability yeah. remotely with security protocols, mm -hmm. cultural training, like all of those different dynamics. And, and there are, it is doable, mm -hmm. um, not, not the way we used to do things, but it is. Have they found tools? Like, have you guys found tools and yeah. things out there? Or have you identified opportunities because of that? Yeah. Both. Yeah. Well, right now we're focused on more of the former. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but it, de it definitely gives you insight into opportunities in the marketplace, mm -hmm. right? For, for, okay. Every, uh, we're not the only company that's having exactly. this demand. So there's a lot of entities. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting. There'll be a whole another ecosystem that's around around sure. supporting and enabling remote learning training customer service you name it mm -hmm. oh for sure yeah i mean it's i'm saying in my head's spinning going yeah we need to collaborate on that and you know maybe that's what some the, a startup we birth out of our studio yeah sounds good so, interesting well i we didn't talk about this previously you know you're originally from kentucky uh i'm originally from indiana uh, you know, my blood's well, blue, by the way. I'm a wildcat, not a card. <laughs> I'm a Hoosier through and through, man. So yeah. we're, you know, we got the we got the rivalry, but we yeah. both ended up out here. I mean, what do you most appreciate about Southern California after, you know, growing up there? I mean, all my uh, I have four brothers. You know, mom and dad all ask me that frequently, mm. <laughs> especially lately. Yes. Like, what are you still yeah, doing? Exactly. Um, I. Uh, I have enjoyed the diversity that exists here across every level, right? People from all walks 
every country. Mm-hmm. Um, the educational ecosystem with the you know UCLA going to grad school here, um, the variations of businesses, and all the way through to food, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. New York City, but it's I think you know second. Sure. <laughs> and it's York. gotten so much better too. Yeah, it has. Um, so, you know, you combine all of that, uh, constant, you know, growing and thriving and learning mm-hmm. with, you know, a developed ecosystem where you see that growth in the ecosystem where we play right with, with venture capital and early stage technology and the cap- and the ability of that stuff to grow and, you know, t- top it off with some weather, a beach, a mountain, mm-hmm. you know, and you just kind of go, why would I leave? Exactly. Other other than taxes and lockdown, mm-hmm. and yeah, a few others, but whatever. <laughs> it's been it's been pretty compelling. I think most people vote with their feet, and yes, we're we're an escrow on a new house. So <laughs> yeah, I'm here for a while. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, it's all so much of that resonates. So I, I get it. But I always am curious, uh, you know, if there are uh, new insights. So that that's awesome. So. I always kind of oh, like to. I forgot. I forgot a big pull too. Yeah. My eleven-year-old, we have twins, boy, girl. My eleven-year-old son um, is a very good soccer player, mm. and for the United States, the ecosystem here for youth soccer in terms of having access to individual, you know, professional athlete mm-hmm. trainers to the bo- both of the MLS Academy mm-hmm. components with uh, LAFC and Galaxy, and the club systems here are. Pretty hard, pretty hard as to beat. As good as they get, yeah. Yeah, pretty hard to beat. Yep. In the US. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I always like to kind of end with, you know, advice or lesson. So, you know, there are the, the growth in aspiring investors has actually been uh, huge over the last few years. I mean, somewhat probably even accelerated by the IPO boom that we've seen and some of these companies that people have gotten finally unlocked some, some equity out of. But as you think about aspiring investors, you know, I mean, like you, I, uh, I was doing it as a sort of part-time or investing in my own things for well over 15 years before I decided to sort of make it more my primary. Um, what's, what's your advice for aspiring investors that are thinking about either, hey, you know, maybe I should start making some angel investments or um, other kind of getting into the early stage investing. Game. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I learned from one of the best, I think, and uh, Louis Villalobos sure. um, passed away, but he mm-hmm. founded the Tech Coast Angels. He was a founding board member of the Angel Capital Association. Mm-hmm. And um, in the couple of years before he died, we had started on the path of raising a venture fund where he, for some reason, asked me to be his partner which was astounding, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause yeah, he's amazing. so accomplished. Um, we worked together on a company called E-Teams. It, it, Tech Coast Angels made an investment into it and I, and Brian Johnson was the founder and CEO and I was one of the first professional hires and eventually became a president and board member and got to know Lewis through that investment. But, you know, his recommendations to me, I, you know, I still remember and think about, he said for all because he ran he was a mathematician ran monte carlo simulations on all the investments that were occurring in southern california had all the data from the tech coast angels and and the angel capital association and helped set up dc angels new york angels like this guy was a mensch right um and 
his advice that I followed has been that in order to get the, to take advantage of the asset class return, which is very, very high, mm -hmm. um, you have to have a diversification. And what happens to most angel investors is they meet a cool entrepreneur or they go to a dinner where there's three pitches, <clears throat> they put a 25 or $50,000 check in a couple, three times. And one of them, one of those companies goes out of business and they're like, ah, and the, the significant other is like, that's like the first part of a college education. What have you done? And yep. they stop at three or four investments. Yep. Yep. And in order to get diversified, you need to be at 20 to 25 unit bets. Mm -hmm. take, it, take it to take it to Vegas, yep. right? Unit yep. yeah, to, to, to ensure you get the return, you need to be to 20 to 25 unit bets. And by unit bets, I mean, whatever your total portfolio of investment is, decide how much of it you're going to put into this very risky, mm -hmm. but high return asset class. If it's $100,000, now it's even easier to do this. If it's only $100,000 in this asset class, over a three to four year period time frame, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to make 20 $5,000 bets. Mm -hmm. You're going to do it. You're going to go, this is what I'm doing. I'm committing to this asset class and I'm going to do it. And then like Buffett says, pick some things, you know, and, or there are a lot of opportunities now, especially with angel list or what we do with syndicates where have a professional who does this for a living, you know, get, get in their list so that you can be on the queue and say, okay, they've already done the due diligence. They're putting their own money in. Mm -hmm. Okay. This, this feels safer. And you know, he's not here to run his Monte Carlo simulations right now. And I haven't done it, but you know, I, it might be when you, when you invest alongside those types of individuals, it may be only 10 or 15 that you need to sure. get to your diversification. But sure. that's, that's my recommendation. Whimsical. Oh, I happened to go to a dinner with a buddy mm -hmm. and I dropped 25 or 50 K when I only have maybe a hundred K to put in this asset classes. You could get lucky, but that's all sure. it would be. Yeah. And, and if you do, you know, know that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. don't think you're a great It may investor. take you 20 more before you get lucky again. Right, yeah. exactly. Yes, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's phenomenal advice. So uh, Kelly, thanks for joining. Thanks for, you know, Absolutely this, this uh, you know, we don't, we don't get to hang out nearly as often enough, but I always enjoy it. Um, you know, always appreciate your perspective and your, and your wisdom. And thanks for all you do in SoCal. I mean, you've been a fixture here, as I said, for a long time. I think that continuity is important and, and uh you know we have seen a lot of new folks come in and i think we we recognize that's good for the ecosystem it's not uh it's not a bad thing and uh you know build yeah. upon what what's here so thanks for doing all you do and you know i'm i was serious i think uh, i'm excited to see what we can work on together in in the next couple of years awesome thanks for having me on carrie Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Operate Podcast. If you like this conversation, as a favor to me, you can rate us, review us, or subscribe, or tell your friends. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Operate Podcast. Until next week, get out there and operate.